to Alphabet Fly, Encyclopedic Marvel Journey, where I go through the official handbook of the Marvel Universe with the guests, and we talk about all the characters we know and love and have forgotten as well. My name is Jesse Cooper, and with me today is the namesake of a way better character, Mike. Uh, I actually only go on this podcast by my nom de goblin, which is the orange sexual goblin. Well, that's... Uh, yes. Um, so today we're talking about someone who... I'm not even going to make you guess. It's just Franklin Storm. He's 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 a dude. He's a dude. Let's, see, let's get right into it. Show me those boots, Jesse. Here we go. No, Well, there's no boots first off because he's what? just a normal dude. Alright, well, uh, this episode's over. Yeah. Um... um do you do you have any idea who this guy might be related to? Storm from the X-Men. Yes, that's it exactly. No, no, it's it's Sue Storm. The Fantastic and, Four, yeah. Yeah, it's Fantastic Four. Um now he is a doctor, so Dr. Franklin Storm. Um and he was a surgeon. Uh people knew about him for the most part. Um He had no well, he was a citizen of the United States with a criminal record. Ooh. Ooh. Wow. He has a criminal record. <laughs> He's so edgy. I mean, I this was the, this was like the, presumably the 60s when the Fantastic Four were introduced. And so that was like Stan Lee's equivalent of like a shady past. It was like, but he has a criminal record. Excelsior. Yeah. Um. So <laughs> he was believed to be the first invincible man. I assume that's capital I, capital M. Yeah. Not just the first Invincible Man. <laughs> yeah, the first Invincible Man was God, obviously. Well, I mean, <laughs> arguably, it would have been Jesus. Well, 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 but he's also God. Right. Well, depending on, if you're, depending on if you believe in the no, Trinity or Unitarian. Stop, stop, stop the podcast. We're going to get into this. And we're going to decide this episode <laughs> about the Trinity, about God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Uh, you, you do know there are entire wars fought over this. Yeah, and we're going to solve them all right here okay. in the next 15 minutes. Um, so, <clears throat> he is a widower, and he's also dead, so you know something. Um, he was, we don't know where he was born, but we do know he died in New York City. I mean, he was born in a manger in Bethlehem. His wife, who is also dead, because he's a widower, Mary Storm, mm-hmm. and then Susan Storm, uh... What? What's Richard, logic? Yeah. Or Susan Storm, <laughs> which, Richard, who is his daughter, Jonathan mm-hmm. Storm, his son, Franklin Richard, grandson, Reed Richards, his dumb son-in-law that he would have hated if he lived long enough to know him. <laughs> you, either, you either die in Invincible Man or live long enough to hate your son-in-law. <laughs> I believe Two-Face said in that Christopher Nolan film. <clears throat> so he first showed up in Fantastic Four issue 31. I'm going to link that to you real quick. So this is a, so this is a cover for sure. Um, it's, Ooh. it's called, it, it came out in October 1964, The Mad Menace of the Macaw Moman. What a great title. It's a pretty good one, you know? He, he does have Mad Menace, and I'm taking that as in, like, the, uh, the current day where he has a lot of it, instead of it being, you know, him being crazy. There's a lot of cover copy on this, uh, but yeah, like, before, yeah, but before we get to that, we basically have the the mole, the mole, uh, the mole man, like on some 
some machinery uh where in there's like a hole looks like in out of a desert if i'm judging off of yeah it looks like stuff. there's like some mesas in the background yeah and the fantastic 4 well the fantastic 3 plus mr fantastic uh they they're sliding down to a bunch mm-hmm. of moloids who for some reason have like courtesy boots and and pot swords are, on i mean those do look like just like knee high socks yeah they they're moloids though they have to be right oh yeah um and mr fantastic is just kind of reaching down being like hey I'm, i didn't get i'll find you get over <laughs> here I can't believe that that's actually in the speech bubble with <laughs> as many pauses and stops as you said. Like you read it perfectly. We we have multiple text boxes. Um, one of them being, oh, come on, okay, okay. So there's there's uh, multiple text box boxes. You have one that's the the title, the Mad Menace of the Macabre uh, Mole Man. And then you have another one, like, we have a surprise for you! Somewhere in this uh, thriller, you will meet a character who's, very briefly, whose identity you will learn and will will come as a real shock uh, to you. Ready? Okay, see if we're right. What are you doing, Stanley? Wasn't the Mole Man in the first issue? Wasn't he the villain they fought? No, it's briefly. It's a brief. It's a brief. Thing, and it's gonna be their dad. It's gonna be. Oh, I see. Oh, right, because this is his first. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And and, and spoiler alert: he dies in the next step issue. Up. Uh, <laughs> I just want to point out that the 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 ep- like I almost said the episode copy, but here in the website that you sent me, the text that describes the issue is: Sue is abducted by the minions of the Mole Man and taken hostage. Reed has 24 hours to rescue her before the Avengers take over. Like, this is some kind of 1980s hotshot cop movie. Like, you've got 24 hours, Fantastic Four, you're off the case. Well, I mean, it, it, well, I mean, there's also, also another one, another thing. There's a little arrow with some words in it saying, never mind how great this story is, just take a look at our swinging title. Okay, first <laughs> off. Oh my god, okay. <laughs> okay, they are about three years in. They are almost three years in with this. Fantastic Four is literally one of the top-selling comics in the world right now. Yeah, don't need to point it I out. Feel like, I feel like this is... Stanley in the midst of the, I'll call it like Marvel method controversy. The idea of like how much credit does Jack Kirby actually get for like his part in creating the team? How much does Stanley get? This is like the okay. Forget how cool the art is. Look at the thing I did. The thing that I am solely responsible for. Look how great this is. Don't look at the art. Look at these great words that I wrote. Yeah. And I mean, also the Mole Man, without a doubt, the strangest supervillains of all. No, no it isn't. No, not even in the sixties. No, not even he, in Marvel. Not even in Marvel's Golden Age. By this point, Stanley had created Eunice the Untouchable. How is this guy, who just looks like a short Norman Osborn in Doctor Doom's costume, the strangest villain ever created? I'm just saying, like, there's there's so much like. Desperate, <laughs> like yeah, desperate energy to get someone to read this. Like, 
it's a pretty decent cover. <laughs> like, I kind of want to know what's going on here. <laughs> How old was Stanley when this came out, and could he have been going through a midlife crisis? So, like, it would have been a little over 60 years ago. A little under yeah. 60 years ago. Yeah. So, he would have been in his 40s. He died in his, like, mid-90s, I think. Yeah. I just, it is this weird, almost, like, cry for attention. Like, very specific. It is literally an arrow pointing at the words saying, look how great they are. <laughs> like, I'm just saying, like, they must have been comp- he must have been compensating for something on this one. It's just... Also, I also, you could chalk it up to Stanley's kind of carnival barker persona of just always well, be, always be selling. Well, well, also, also, like, until, like, Marvel, like, legitimately became, like, top in the market, there was this kind of, um, want to sell things a lot more. Like, there used to be a lot more cover copy. Like, you'd only really see this in, like, the 60s and the early 70s. There is also, I guess, the idea of they are trying to draw your attention on the rack to this comic and this title, and they can't just put an enormous blank red arrow on the cover. They have to fill it with something. Yeah. It's just, this one is, like, real- This one is almost- This one isn't as desperate as the one where there was a vague threat that if you didn't like it- It's weird. You go to the comic book st- like shop or the store where they have the comics, and it's just every issue. You look at it, and it's a picture of your grandparent holding today's newspaper, and a gun is pressed to their temple. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, you better read this or else. I want to point out, we've spent more time talking about this arrow than we have about Franklin Richards. Um, I'm just going to say there's not a lot. That's fine. I'll talk about this arrow forever. Like That's fine. This whole episode. Just call this episode that red arrow. But, like, there was just, I remember it was on Avengers cover, and it was just a vague threat, being like, you better like this. (laughs) (laughs) I I do also like the, because I I referenced the, like, description of the plot. Above it, in italics, there is, like, a sort of, like, teaser, whatever, like you would see on the cover. And the last line of it is just, a very strange smackdown ensues. (laughs) Which, like, what a great, like, even at that point, everyone was just like, we don't even know what to do with this one. Well, I mean, that's, that's just, that just speaks of, like, getting out of the, uh, getting out of the Silver Age. Yeah. Because, like, because, like, this was the Fantastic Four and the Hulk and the Avengers and stuff. It kind of brought everything closer to the Bronze Age that we, that we know and love. And where we get, like... Uh, we get like the modern conception of like Batman and a lot of the a lot of characters that we you know like now, mm-hmm. and they're like that that transition period was very rough. <laughs> that being said, let's talk <clears throat> about uh Franklin here, and not the good Franklin, the one that I like, the bad Franklin, the one that I don't like, which is this one, and I don't even don't like not that I hate him or anything, I just don't like him. I mean, yeah. let's be honest though. Inside all of us, there are two Franklins. One is the one you like, and the other was the first Invincible Man. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, one of the greatest surgeons in the United States. I mean, Doctor Strange has something to say about that. I mean, Um, to be fair, this does say one of, not one of. Well, okay. I'm just. I mean, if he was such a great surgeon, then why is he dead? I'm joking. (laughs) Surgeons are invincible. Um, Also, the idea of committing surgery on himself. 
<laughs> well, I was just I was just about to say if if you uh if you live in the very edgy world that I that I just imagined, surgeons are able to take body parts from other people and graft them onto themselves. So they have immortality. <laughs> Franklin Richards and his father were wheeled into the emergency room. The doctor took one look at them and said, I can't operate on them. That's my son. Why is that? Because that was also Franklin Richards. <laughs> uh, so, so uh, Dr. Franklin <clears throat> was the father of two children. Uh, Susan and Jonathan. You know, Susan and Jonathan. Mm-hmm. The way everyone <laughs> says their names. Yep. Uh, while Dr. Storm was driving himself and his wife to uh, a dinner, um, being held at uh, in his honor, one of the tires on the car suffered a blowout. As a mm. result, the car swerved off the road, crashed, <laughs> uh, fatally injuring Mary Storm, unscathed himself. Ooh, oh. very suspicious. Why is I there mean, a roll cage just around <laughs> just around the kids and me? <laughs> I mean, I know why. The song Grail. Yep. Um, and just play the entire thing of Death Proof right, right here. Just play the audio of the entire movie. Where well, I was going to play the Da Vinci Code, but sure. Oh no, I was no like. Did you have you watched Death Proof? <laughs> no further questions. <laughs> okay, well, well, a plot point in that is the reason why the car is death proof. It's not because it's no one dies in the car; it's because he never dies, and that's because it's reinforced on his side. And he kills people. He's like a serial killer that kills, like, kills people. With his I car. mean, I of course knew that, but yeah. it's nice that you you said that for the for the audience. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Court Russell is pretty good in it. Um, I'm just saying, you know, yeah, it's it's a Quentin Tarantino movie. Uh, oh well, there you go. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's the it 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 crosses the bar over people saying that it's good, but it also still has interesting mon- uh, like stuff in it. Yeah. That being said, um the serial killer Franklin Storm. No, I'm joking. Um <laughs> but yeah, unscathed himself uh, because he was a drunk. No, I'm joking. Um Dr. Storm operated. Wow. Wow, <laughs> he did the thing that I was just, he operated on. <laughs> wow. Mm, wow. 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 <laughs> he operated on Mary in a desperate attempt to save her life to no avail. On the st- I just saw the road. Just <laughs> is that canon, or are you making? Yeah, a joke? no, no, no. Like it's canon that he operated on her. No, I know, but like <laughs> the I side of the road, or it doesn't say it. It doesn't say anything about it. Um, but uh, but to no avail. Uh, she she still died. Uh, Franklin blamed himself uh, for her death and gave up his medical career and turned to excessive gambling. Eventually having to borrow money from an underworld loan shark. Eventually losing a poker game to Obadiah Sting. When the when Storm proved unable to repay the loan in time, the criminal, uh, a criminal in the employ of the loan shark confronted Storm and threatened to kill Storm and his children. Storm grappled with the criminal, and during his fight, uh, the criminal shot himself. Mm, sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, Storm was uh, charged with manslaughter and still tormented by the guilt over uh, Mary's uh, death. Refused to say anything in his defense during his trial. Maybe um, I was being attacked by someone and I offended myself. I don't. 
that has nothing to do with your wife, dude. That's I, also, I also just love the idea that he was so guilt-ridden. He was like, I'm going to do the only honorable thing and effectively orphan my children by going to prison. Christ, dude. Like, you just have to say what happened. He went after me, I defended myself, and the gun went off. Like, just say what happened. But this is, no, this is justice. This is justice for Mary. <clears throat> Apparently. Um, hence, Storm was sentenced to 20 years in life, uh, to life in prison. And Wait, wife. for manslaughter? They made him, re- they made for- him remarry. That was his punishment. <laughs> for manslaughter. For, for you manslaughter. You must remain married to this court-mandated spouse for 20 years. No, no, but no, I want to pr- point this out. He was charged with manslaughter. He got 20 with lie- to life. No, that's, yes, play with me in the space, Jesse. No, I'm not going to. I need to, I need to. Okay, first of all, he was charged Look, with manslaughter and got 20 to life. We established early, not in this episode, just in history. Stanley doesn't understand science. What makes you think he understands the law? But but you <clears> know <throat> that manslaughter is not pre like premeditated murder. Maybe this is a judge that he also owed money to, or maybe, maybe I don't know. oh, I bet this judge was actually Mary's dad. Oh, maybe yeah, that's what happened. It was uh, which is Mary- what makes it weirder that he made him get married for twenty years. So so yeah, he so basically <coughs> not wishing wishing to spare his church. We- oh wait. Okay, sorry. I misunderstood what the word spare was for a moment. I'm just kidding. I, I was just like, wishing his children further distress. What? <laughs> <laughs> wishing to spare his child for the, his children further dispre- uh, uh, distress. Dr. Storm asked his daughter not to visit him in prison or to tell, uh, to tell Jonathan he was dead. Wow. <laughs> I'm just saying he's not I don't, going. I don't want to distress my children further, so please tell my youngest son that I'm fucking dead. Yeah, please, please. Yeah, not only, not only did I apparently <clears throat> preemptive, like premeditatively murder this person by making him come after me and then shoot himself. <laughs> well, and even then, it's like their mother has died, and within probably at least a few years, it sounds like. Their dad has been arrested, and he thinks the smartest plan, the one that will cause the least mental distress on my son, is just to convince him I am also dead. Man, okay. Maybe uh, he's actually Reed Richards' father, because this is like the, the galaxy no, brain level no, no, of Reed bad Reed Richards' father is way worse. <laughs> so, uh, I know Reed in the Richards, Ultimates one, he's no, real no, shitty, but... No, 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 no <clears throat> worse than that. He basically invented time travel. It goes around knocking up people, and then almost all of his other children, like, go after Reed after one point. It's, he's basically just a time traveling, time traveling, like, horny dad who just has oh, multiple would- secret families. From, the That's, reason why the reason why we have Kang the Conqueror is because his dad went to the twentieth, uh, thirtieth century and hooked up with someone. I, you know, don't hate the player, hate the game. I know. I, I don't. We would not have so many horrible sto- adventure stories if if, if Nathaniel Nathaniel uh, Richards just kept it in his pants. But you know, his Nathaniel Richards is awful. He's bad. He's a very bad man. Sorry, I'm trying to come up with like a 
different something in every time zone area code, uh, but for time travel. In every decade? Maybe. But I do, it is the best way to have a secret family that literally no one can find out about. Yeah. Don't go to a different state, go to like a different decade or century. So, uh, so, you know, Sue, uh, Sue and Johnny later gained superhuman powers and became known as the Invisible Girl. Um, for way too long, she had two, she, she was, she was pregnant with her second child <laughs> by the time she was called Invisible Woman. So. That's probably fine. Yeah. Um, and then the Human Torch, respectively, both of them who were members of Fantastic Four. Uh, Franklin finally, exca- uh, finally escaped prison shortly after Fantastic, uh, before the Fantastic Four announced their enemy, the Mole Man. Well, sorry, encountered uh, their enemy. I was going to say, it's like they have a debutante (laughs) ball for their enemies. It's like the Mole Man. Uh, That is a very Venture Bros idea of like, when you, when you decide to become a supervillain, you have like a coming out, like debutante ball where you're announced as a supervillain. Well, I mean, this is, I think, year the second year we haven't had a new season of uh, Venture Bros, so I think we're, like, what, like, one year off, maybe two? Probably. They, I haven't been keeping track. They, uh, they they come out with a new one, like, every two to four years. And they're only, like, six episodes. I mean, they're all fantastic. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'd rather they take their time and make fantastic work. I just feel like maybe it yeah. could be done. Yeah, the last one is really good. The mm-hmm. last one's really good because it was after uh, Jonas Venture died and left everything to Venture, a Dr. Rusty Venture, and he's just like, what? I'm finally successful? And everyone's just like, no, you just got your, your stuff from your brother. And he's basically running like this big multi-international thing and uh, moved to New York, and now he's moving up yeah. the world. It's real good. It's yeah, they're, they're because it's New York. They've skewed less from like old Hanna Barbera adventures and like more Marvel comics. Doctor Girlfriend is part of the uh, the the head. Well, of I mean, the, the monarch was quote the Blue Morpho instead of the Green Hornet, which was a great. I love oh. that bit. Yeah, it's real. I've been good. rewatching Venture Bros recently, so I'm getting close to that. Yeah, it's I'm I'm like I'm real about the Venture Brothers. Now uh, that being said, um. Yeah, so basically, the mole man was just like, "Hey, I'm gonna do some stuff," and Doctor Doctor Storm uh, emerged from hiding upon hearing about his like daughter's injury because like she got hurt uh, from being like put into the ground by the mole man, <laughs> and uh, successfully operated on her, saving her life. Wow, I think he. <laughs> Just almost every ethical boundary <laughs> that the insurgency has crossed. Uh, after completing the operation on Sue, Dr. Storm was taken back to prison. Um, shortly afterwards, Dr. Storm was confronted in the cell by an alien super scroll who used a shape-shaving ability to assume Storm's physical appearance. Sure. Storm was teleported to the scroll throne world where he was held captive. Dr. Storm... Uh, as Dr. Storm, the Super Scroll claimed that he had given himself superhuman powers af- after breaking out of prison. Um, and then the false uh, Dr. Storm called himself the Invincible Man and battled the Fantastic Four. The mm. Scroll leaders hoped that 
thinking that the Super Scroll was Dr. Storm, would handicap the Fantastic Four in fighting him. I'm just gonna say, if my dad pulled the shit that this guy pulled, I think I would relish it to just beating him down. Well, I mean, he also worked very hard so that for, like, 20 years, none of none of his children had a relationship with him. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, like, it'd be like if my father showed up all of a sudden. I'd be like, well, first off, who the fuck are you? And second off, I'm, I have some daddy issues I'd beat out of miss- beat out of you. <laughs> I, yeah, I just, like... It's almost like he knew this was going to happen and put a plan into place so that that would not handicap the Fantastic Four. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, um, but Reed Richards, the Alpha Science Bro, realized who the Invincible Man truly was, probably because of some off-panel discussion he had um, with something. And then realized that it was a scroll and forced the scroll leaders to exchange the real Dr. Storm for the super scroll. However, the scroll, uh, warlord Morat, uh, had a concussive energy beam, uh, projector strapped to Dr. Storm's chest before turning him. The projector was set to fire as soon as Dr. Storm saw the Fantastic Four. Seeing that the team, uh, seeing the team members, Dr. Storm warned them away and rolled off rolled over so that the projector would fire a deadly blast into the floor. As a result, he uh, he took the full force of the concussive blast and then was mortally wounded. He died in the presence of his son and daughter. He so loved... Okay. 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 Let me... I'm we gonna can't, finish. We I have can't one more. I have one take... more. No. Oh. No. I have one more. Th- I have to... I have to talk about this. I have to. There's no way. There's... God, there's so many things wrong with this. <laughs> yeah, basically they named they 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 we have Franklin Richards uh, named after him. Now he has no powers, and I don't care about him, so I'm not going to get to that point. I want to get to this point though. What do you think would happen after like just basically ignoring your children after 20 years, showing up and in this? And just basically killing yourself in front of them. Yeah. I mean, this is the... Basically the Albus Severus Potter scene of the Fantastic Four. Like, why? Like, why? Like, why? Because, like, you're just gonna traumatize them. You're just like, wow, I finally have this relationship with my dad. Oops, he's dead. I mean... To be fair, though, he was two days from retirement, so... Oh, yeah, he was two days from retirement, okay. <clears throat> yeah. Yep, that's it. Nothing else. He's not He's not alive again. <laughs> that's fine. I, yeah, I, I don't care. I, I mean, I don't care if he is alive or not, not just like, <laughs> shut up, Jesse. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I don't care if he's alive or not. It's probably going to turn out that he's been Ant-Man the whole time or something. Just, I don't know. No, no, no. He's never showed up at another comic after this. No, I know. I'm just saying that, like, it's Marvel. Somehow they'll retcon that he's been alive the whole time. And so I just... See, I'm going to be honest. I feel like they're... I feel like it's going to take... You're going to have to have someone really reach in for this. There's... I would reach for Nathaniel Richards before him. Honestly, what's going to happen probably is when they do a Fantastic Four movie in the MCU, if they make him a character that people like, 
even if he's a side character, they'll bring him back in the comics then. Yeah. That's the only way he comes back. Yeah, pretty much. Mm. So, yeah. Okay, um, let's finish this. So, what do you have to plug? Yeah, uh, so I host a podcast with my friend Madison Jones called The Equalizers. Uh, we take movies that never got a sequel or a prequel, either because they're too good and they don't just need one, either because they're too good and they don't need one, or because they're too bad and they don't deserve one, and we come up with ideas for them. As we're recording this, we have released uh, just recently Snap, Crackle, and Pop Ragnarok, uh, which is based off a serial commercial because we agreed to do it before I found out that it was a serial commercial and not like an animated movie. Um, I also have one that we're still on hiatus. We're going to be back soon, hopefully, uh, studying Granada, where myself and my friend Jackson Eflin watch the 1980s Sherlock Holmes TV series starring Jeremy Brett and Edward Hardwick, and we talk about it. Jesse is on the next episode to be released. Uh, actually, the second to next episode to be released, but we, for life reasons, it just that took a backseat, and we haven't gotten to it again. Um, I will say, as I do every time, that was an episode where we recorded for an hour. I had to leave to go eat dinner. And they recorded for another full hour without me, uh, which is great. But I, I, uh, it's going to be a long one, but we'll get it up there hopefully soon. Uh, we're, we're wanting to get back to it. It's just taking some time. Yeah. Uh, we do talk for a very long time about how centrally somewhat wrong out a sponge. <laughs> so, you I, know. I did get a message from Jackson an hour after I left. I was like, we just stopped recording and we basically only talked about gay stuff. Yes. <laughs> and I just tried to crack it up. So, so uh, that's pretty much all I've got right now. Yep. Um, I am Jesse. I have another podcast called Creepy Critters, where I talk about cryptids in similar detail. I also have a podcast called Limited Theories, where I talk about limited marvel series issue by issue with a my friend rob uh this has been alphabet flight and justice is served good night (laughs) 